Welcome to the first DCM podcast of 2016. My name is Tom Linnae. It's been about six weeks since my last podcast, and since you last heard my dulcet tones, 2015 had an incredible finish, with Star Wars The Force Awakens becoming the biggest film of all time at the UK box office. It's already up to £118 million. And cinema emissions for the year finished on £171.9 million, which is the fourth highest total for 44 years. Now on this month's podcast, for the first 2016, I thought we'd do something. Um, we're continuing the theme of speaking to programmers around um, the UK cinemas. So I chatted to Claire Bezik, who's head of programming at Curzon Cinemas. So I packed up our podcasting equipment and took it to the, the Curzon offices. And as, as always, when I go externally... You can't always control the sound levels and we had a little bit of an issue with an aircon engineer outside the office who um, you might be able to hear a little bit of chat um, background noise for the first part of the podcast but I think it settles down and um, Claire and I had a really nice chat so here it is. I'm joined by Claire Bezik who is head of programming for Curzon Cinemas. Hello Claire. Good morning. How are you? I'm alright thank you, how are you? Yes and when I test the audio of um, before we get recording, I asked the person what they ate for breakfast. Claire, what did you have for breakfast today? I don't want to say anymore. Okay. <laughs> I had a hot cross bun. I had a hot cross bun for breakfast in January. It's January 20, 28th and Claire had a hot cross bun. And I'm jealous because I love hot cross buns. So to, I'm going to leave this at the Curzon offices where we're recording this and I'm going to find wherever Claire bought her hot cross bun from. Um, if you aren't aware, but hopefully you are, Curzon are one of the UK's premier boutique cinema chains. They have 13 sites around the country now, um, with more planned over the next few years. And as of the 1st of January this year, they now come under the DCM estate, which everyone at DCM is hugely excited about. Um, just to give you a heads up, we are recording this in the Curzon offices, and there is an air conditioning engineer um, fiddling with the aircon just outside. So if you do hear the odd rumble, that is the aircon engineer. You make it sound so glamorous, Tom. Yes, well, it, it's, I'm in the Curzon offices. There's lots of film paraphernalia around. It's very exciting. Um, we're, exci- we're recording this early in the morning. It's difficult to get excited, but Claire, how excited about 2016 are you? Yeah, I'm pretty excited in terms of both the film lineup and the journey that Curzon are going on as a company. Uh, you know, we made uh, some, some great achievements in last year, both in terms of missions and, uh, you know, exciting new areas of the business, and 2016 is going to continue that journey for us. And you all head of programming. I am. Can you tell us a bit about your role as head of programming? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm sure that uh, a lot of people know what a head of programming does for um, for, for very many cinema chains, but Curzon being uh, just that little bit different. So in a nutshell, I look after the team that programs um, both the uh, Curzon Cinemas and also Curzon Home Cinema, which is our, uh, is our online platform. And also we look after a number of programming contracts for other cinemas as well. Um, and so everything is looked under uh, looked after under the programming department, and I head up that team. And you, how did you get into this? Because it seems like a pretty dream role. It is a pretty dream role, yes. Um, now, uh, this is the second cinema company that I've worked for, and I started off at Odeon and um, made the transition over to, uh, to the more independent side after 10 years at Odeon. So it's a very much a new challenge, both in terms of the size of the company, um, the cinemas, the identity and the profile of the cinemas, um, but of course the types of films that we're playing as well. What is the perfect Curzon film? 
perfect Curzon film. Well, uh, we have uh, we have some criteria which we use to determine the perfect Curzon film, and uh, I'm going to give you a lesson now. I'm going to take you through the the Curzon programming um, the the Curzon programming strategy. So uh, we have um, a test which we call the, the CCC test. So the first C standing for curated. So is there something quality about this? You know, we, we need to hand pick all of the films that play in our cinemas. Um, is it going to be well reviewed? Is there going to be uh, is there talent attached to it that have been awards nominated? You know, has the director done anything that we've played um, and uh, resonates with our audiences? Uh, which brings us on to the second C, which is customer. Um, do we have the audiences in our various cinemas for that particular film? And then the final part of the puzzle is the commercial piece, because at the end of the day, yes, we are uh, an independent cinema chain, but we're still running a business, and you need to be able to make these decisions, which are supported by uh, the commercial aspect. You know, are the are, is there going to be um, a visible marketing campaign? Is it going to be something that our audience can really get behind? Is there going to be a hook which we can uh, which we can get people in with? So uh, yes, that's our CCC uh, litmus test, and every decision that we make um, has to tick every one of those boxes. And you mentioned the customer. Um, how well do you know your Curzon audience? Well, we know them very well. Um, we've got uh, individual identities for all of our cinemas, and. Uh, and, and we, we've spent a lot of time um, talking to our members, understanding what it is that they want. And so we're able to understand um, their, their habits and what they like to see. And uh, they talk to us a lot. So they're very vocal and so we can uh, communicate with them directly. And you obviously programme each site individually. What are the different challenges across the site? Because you've got one in Nutsford, correct? And Rip, yes. Ripon. Yeah. Um, what are the challenges for, uh, geographically in programming these sites across the country? Well, Curzon very much um, uh, started off as, as a London brand, and so the awareness um, is is stronger around London. And so when we started expanding regionally, um, you know, the um, uh, some of the some of the, the Curzon artificial eye titles were not quite so known outside of London. Curzon as a brand was not known outside of London, and so um, we are we are having to go through a journey in order to um, educate audiences about what Curzon is as a brand, what we stand for, um, and our brand values, the heritage, and and also um, the, the films that we like to associate with, with that Curzon brand. Um, and so it's very much a, an experience which we like to bring to everybody, be it through uh, Curzon Home Cinema um, or through the, the physical cinemas. And of course we are building more out in the regions as well. Uh, the other challenges uh, that you'd have to face opening in any marketplace is, is competition. Um, but of course we have a point of difference in that our programme is curated and um, you know we do have um, a very different cinema going experience um, to, to many other multiplexes that might be in those areas. So in terms of the films that you show, you, you've, set, you've um, put the emphasis on curation. Mm -hmm. Is there ever disagreement across the team about a film that should play? Um, yes, yes, there are disagreements across the team. Um, everybody has their own personal preferences, but that's why we came up with this uh, with, with this litmus test, this CCC litmus test, because we are able to then take a step back and look at it objectively and say, yes, well, we might think different things about um, about a film in terms of um, if we like it personally or not, but you have to be able to look at it objectively. Does it tick the box for our audience? I've told you that we know our audience as well, so um, you know if we can agree on that, then hopefully that we're, we're all going to uh, agree that it is the right film, or not, if the case may be, uh, to put it in. And January, uh, we're current, as I said, it's January 28th. Um, it's award season. We're flat bang in the middle of award season. The BAFTAs takes place two, two weeks on Sundays. I would imagine that January is a great time for Curzon. The film slate is incredibly high quality. 
is it a challenge putting everything on screen? Absolutely, yes. I mean, as I say, we've got uh, we've got solo screen cinemas, um, we've got uh, we've got five screen cinemas, but it's always going to be a challenge to get all of the quality content into those cinemas at some stage. Um, so uh, the plan is is to make sure that we do have some uh, representation for most of the films which we want to be able to play at some point. It might not be in the first week. It might be in the regions that we have to start things um, a couple of weeks later in order to get everything in. But you know, it's it's our it's a challenge that we rise to, and it's our job to get the films that our audiences want to see in cinemas. It might not necessarily be week one. It might be uh, in a couple of weeks. It might be for some odd shows. But as I say, it's our responsibility to to give the audiences in those areas what they want. And as a film fan, and I know you're a huge film fan, obviously, otherwise you wouldn't be doing the job. Uh, January is a great time of year to be a film fan. What have been your highlights of this uh, of the films out this month so far? Um, well, Revenant, without a shadow of a doubt, it's it's a masterpiece. It really is a masterpiece. Although uh, uh, being a horse owner myself, there were a couple of harrowing moments in there. Yes, and there is a Revenant poster to my left here, and it is a it's a stunningly beautiful film as well, isn't it's, it? It's stunning, yes, and you know they've done a great job of being able to uh, to, to make it. Um, accessible to to a wider audience because you know it's, it's shot in a very cineast way and uh, you know it very much has the independent cineast credentials behind it and so they've done very well with it. It's a great number. And yeah, I mean it's proving hugely popular. I mean like it's Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio seems to be one of the few stars left who can actually pull in a crowd every film he makes. I mean the last film Agreed. he did was Great Gatsby, Wolf of Wall Street, and, and then Wolf of Wall Street yeah. and Django. All three of those films did over fifteen million in the UK. So you know. And The Revenant is well on the way to that as well. In terms of later in the year, obviously uh, award season sees a big concentration of probably ideal curves on films in a short period of time. Is it more challenging to programme later in the year? It's very much more challenging to programme later in the year. In the summer, there is uh, there is a, a lack of content which is suitable for our audiences, um, but that's where we've got um, where we've got a slight advantage in, in having um, our own supply of product because, of course, we have uh, a film distribution arm as well, because an artificial eye, um, and so uh, we can we, we can find out from them what they're acquiring, and we can suggest release dates which work for the cinemas as well. Um, if there isn't any strong independent film offerings, then we can suggest that perhaps uh, if they have something that they could put on that date then it would work beneficially for both parties because if there's no independent film for us there's going to be no independent film for other independent circuits either and so we can have that dialogue with them and uh, and yes there have been some successes in the summer for uh, Curse and Artificial Eye films where previously we've had uh, we've had uh, a few weeks of nothing for example last year uh, we had 45 years at the end of August, August yeah. and uh, you know we'd had a very poor August up until then and, and 45 years absolutely saved that month for us and been a huge success for you guys for mm. five years as well. Um, and Charlotte Rampling is nominated for Best Actress at the Oscars, Indeed. which must be hugely um, gratifying for your team. Mm-hmm. What can we look forward to from uh, Curzon Artificial Eye this year? Um, well, I think that the highlights, certainly for me, um, are Anomalisa, which is out on the 11th of March. Um, and that is uh, that's also Oscar nominated for and, best animated film. Yeah, for best animated film, and it's it's something that unlike I, I've ever seen before. It's really refreshing. It's fantastic, uh, and you know I'd urge everybody to go out and see that when it when it comes out. For um, those who aren't aware, it's from Charlie Kaufman, yes, the the did. writer of Being John Malkovich yes. adaptation and did Eternal Sunshine. Eternal Sunshine. 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 Yeah. He directed Synecdoche, New York. He did yes. Gen- genuine genius, I think. Yes. Yeah. And this is an animated film. Uh, he did it. He produced it with an a- animator called Duke Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, and how would you describe the animation? Uh, the animation. Well, it's it's. 
it's um, an adult animation, and that not not in a dodgy way, <laughs> um, but it's it's bizarre because you do not feel at all like you're watching an animation. Within five minutes, you're absolutely captivated by the story. Um, David Thewlis is uh, is the voice, and. Um, you are absolutely 100% taken in by the story and by what's going on on screen and you forget that it's actually it's actually animation so as i say it's so refreshing it's it's uncomparable there's there's nothing else that i've seen that i could even draw a comparable to it's it's just so individual it's very good um, and it was a surprise film at the London Film Festival it went down a storm it's closing the Glasgow Film Festival mm-hmm. um, in february and uh, and as you said, it's Oscar nominated, and I think it's probably the only film that's got a chance against Inside Out, isn't it? I'd like to think so. Yes. And um, aside from Anomalisa, what's coming later in the year? Uh, so other highlights for us um, are Son of Saul, which uh, you know a great deal has been written about and said about um, Son of Saul. Five star reviews across the board. I mean, it's, it's harrowing, but it, again, it's it's absolutely fantastic. And uh, another one as well, which is getting a lot of press um, at the moment, is Love and Friendship, which uh, uh, just went down the storm in Sundance and has got five star reviews across the board as well. Which is um, Whit Stillman's um, refreshing take on a period drama. And um, Kate Beckinsale has yep. been getting incredible reviews. And fun enough, um, the last time I felt like we had a really great Kate Beckinsale performance was in a Whit Stillman film as well, mm-hmm. which was. The Last Days of Disco. So I think he, him and her should probably work together more often. Yes, and Chloe Savini as well, yes. who's in it as well. Um, so yes, the, uh, the three of them together. Yeah, it, it's, it's fun. It's fun. And you did mention Son of Saul. I'll just go back to that because I saw that at the London Film Festival. Mm. It won the Grand Prix at Cannes. Mm-hmm. Genuinely one of the most harrowing films I've ever seen, but st- uh, stunningly brilliant. And I can't believe it's a debut film, a, a, a debut director as well. Laszlo Nines, is it? Mm-hmm. It's probably going to win the Oscar for best film, not in the English language as well. I would think. Genuine, I I can't, I can't think of many more powerful films. You must be incredibly pr- pr- proud to be releasing that one. Yes, I think it's something that fits very, very nicely in the Curzon Artificial Eye stable. I couldn't think of any other company that would be able to uh, to do it justice. Obviously, I'm going to say that. <laughs> one of the Curzon titles I'm most looking forward to this year. I sadly missed it at um, the London Film Festival. Is Victoria. Mm. Which I but did it win an award at Berlin last year? Uh, yes, I believe it did. Oh. Um, it's it's uh, a brilliant film. It's a single shot, um, and it's all about a girl called Victoria, a Spanish girl who uh, who meets uh, a group of guys, and uh, this isn't a spoiler. It's in the trailer, by the way. Um, who who end up on um, uh, on a, on a heist, but it's all a single shot and. For the first five minutes, you're thinking, how on earth are they going to be able to, uh, to to keep this up for another 90 minutes? But then you just get so engrossed by the story, and it's fantastic. It, you can't quite believe that it's a single shot. And apparently they did two or three rehearsals beforehand, and then they just did the whole thing. There's no um, hidden cuts or anything. It's, There's no hidden it's like cuts. Russian arc. It's just one single shot. Yeah. That, that's an, um, that, um, um, I can't wait to see this. Everyone I know who's seen it told me it was one of the best films they saw last year. So, and what else can we look forward to from Curzon Artificial Eye? Uh, so we've got, uh, we've got a number of, of really great titles. So we've got something called The Commune, which is a new Winterberg film. Obviously he did Far From The Madding Crowd last year. Um, so that's something to look forward to. Um, is, is, it, is he back making a Danish film or is it English language again? Uh, no, this is, this is not English language. Okay. Um, and then um, other highlights that we've got, uh, we've got something called Our Little Sister, which is um, a Coriada film, um, which is very much like The Lunchbox was for us um, a few years ago. So just a, a, a nice film, which is very, is it, 
I think food is the star in this, which is uh, which is a nice film. And then uh, other exciting things that we've got, um, we've got the new Darden Brothers film. Of course, they did Two Days, One Night, uh, called The Unknown Girl. And uh, yes, uh, there is there are a few more. There's um, a film called Mustang, which is uh, it sounds um, like the ver the Turkish version Suicides. Um, so yes, a lot of real top quality independent foreign language films. Yes, yeah, Mustang's Oscar nominated for best film, not in yeah. English language, and the Darden Brothers. I'm assuming that's premiering at Cannes and they've won the Palme d'Or twice that's I mean these are amazing films these are films that will at the end of the year we'll be talking about as some of the best films of the year without Absolutely. question yes we're very privileged to have them all um, in terms of uh, overall cinema missions I mentioned it at the start 2015 was a huge year highest uh, fourth highest year for 44 years um, and it was great for the cinema industry but that was driven by um, some partly driven by huge blockbusters Star Wars Spectre Jurassic World how was 2015 for Curzon? 2015 for Curzon was a record-breaking year for us. Um, we have had the best year um, admissions-wise that we've ever had. Uh, we have new cinemas as well, which we can, uh, which 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 contribute to that total. However, our uh, constant estate was up year on year um, higher than the national average. And so, you know, a very good year for us all round. Um, we had great success with Star Wars Inspector as well. I mean, you know, using our um, Using our test, we were able to, um, to to justify playing those. It was something that our audience wanted to see, and so we, we did make a lot of money from those films as well, especially um, regionally, you know, outside of our central London locations. Um, but the biggest successes for us were um, obviously things like 45 Years and Still Alice of, of our own, um, but then other successes uh, for us, Amy, Suffragette, uh, Mistress America, and I think uh, The Lobster deserves a special mention, which has taken over £150,000 Curzon Soho alone that's more than all of the multiplexes put together so wow because yeah. that, that film's uh, total box office would probably be about 1.1 million I think yeah the, the number coming from Curzon Soho was just incredible wow absolutely incredible and um, you mentioned Still Alice. Am I right in saying that's the biggest success Artificial Eyes ever had? Yes. Okay, and Julianne Moore won Oscar for Best Actress. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, what were your personal highlights film-wise last year? Uh, personal highlights film-wise, um, there were a couple of documentaries which I really enjoyed. Dior and I was a personal favourite. Uh, there's also a poster of that in the office. Yes, I, uh, I just <laughs> glanced at the poster. I've not actually seen this one, but it's a beautiful, beautiful poster. Yes, a beautiful poster, beautiful film, and also um, a film called Iris as well, which is uh, about Iris Atwell, who is um, a, a New York style icon. So uh, you know, there's a little bit of a theme going uh, running through there. Um, and then other ones that I really enjoyed, Carol, which I thought was absolutely stunning. Um, and a great Curzon film as well. Great Curzon film. Yes, we we did fantastically well um, across the estate with that because uh, we have a, a, a we have a slightly female skewed audience, and so uh, well you can tell by all of the films that I've mentioned that we took huge amounts of money with last year. They're all female skewed as well. Things like Suffragette, Amy. Um, and so yes, Carol, personal favourite, which was not only beautiful, but I do have a bit of a girl crush on Kate Blanchett. I have to say, the girl can do no wrong. Everyone has a crush on Kate Blanchett. She's genuinely incredible, uh, outstanding, as, as the best actor in the world. I would probably say. And then the other one as well, which I loved, was Mad Max. <laughs> And, and that did that play well with the Curzon audience? It did, yes, it did. Yes, we, we played it in Soho, and it sold out. Um, it, it sold out the uh, opening weekend. It was it was really good, and regionally it was very strong as well. Um, but yeah, I just I saw that film, and it, it just it just did something to me. I can't describe it, but occasionally a film just just gets you right there, and I yeah that that got it that that did it for me. And there is something so 
so, there's such a great story about George Miller being away from the action genre for so long. His previous two films were Happy Feet, Happy Feet Two, and Bay Pig in the City, I believe. <laughs> yes. And so, and then he just for the first time in. 25 years or something, he decides to take on the action genre and shows everyone how it should be done. Absolutely, yes. Um, and so what are you looking forward to what, and what are your hopes for 2016? Well, Curzon Artificial Ice is looking very strong and that's obviously going to play very, very well. Throughout Curzon Cinemas, we take over 20% of our box office from the Curzon Artificial Eye films and so we've, we've uh, mentioned a few and the beauty is is that I don't know what um, quarter three and four is going to hold because of course um, we'll be acquiring things at Berlin, at Cannes, um, th all throughout the year so there's going to be some, uh, you know, so, some, some hidden, um, hidden surprises uh, I think towards the end of the year. And on a personal level, um, how do you see your role developing over the next few years? Well, the company is growing and you know, we're investing in, uh, in, in newer cinemas as well. So um, we will potentially be doubling our footprint within the next two to three years in, in terms of, of physical venues. Um, Curzon Home Cinema is the exciting bit for me because personally it's a new challenge. Um, this is uh, something that's very unique to Curzon. We're, uh, we're the only major exhibitor in, in the UK with our own platform as well. And uh, you know that that's getting bigger and bigger. Every single weekend is a record-breaking weekend for Curzon Home Cinema, and uh, you know the the awareness of the platform is growing. And so I'm looking forward to seeing where we can take that and the content that we can get on that platform, which of course is equally as curated um, as the cinema venues as well. So just looking forward to to carrying on on, on those journeys. And there's currently a, a high-profile campaign to save Curzon Soho, one of the most iconic cinemas in London and thus the UK, um, which is threatened by the expansion of the dreaded cost Crossrail. Um, it'd be a huge loss to Soho. What would it mean to you if uh, if we if Curzon Soho was demolished? Uh, well, yes, it would be a, a huge loss to Soho and to London in general as as a cultural hub. But Curzon Soho's got this wonderful identity, and uh, there are films that play and play and play in Curzon Soho that you know don't have audiences anywhere else. Um, Curzon Soho is known as as the filmmaker cinema. You know, we we have a lot of talent that like to come to Curzon Soho to, uh, to to see their films, to to do Q and A's with us, um, and you know it's something that we we're really passionate about making sure that we we maintain the identity of that particular cinema. And so if we were to lose that then I don't know quite where we'd replace it and I think that it would be a huge loss uh, for London and for independent cinema in general because you, you can't recreate the Curzon Soho um, audience um, in, in any of the competitive cinemas. It's unique to that one particular venue um, and so you know, obviously we're, we're doing all we can to make sure that we can, uh, we can maintain that. Like, like me, you must be a, a bit of a film nerd. Um, where do you get most of your film news from? From your Twitter feed. From my Twitter feed. <laughs> I, I don't. I can't. I don't tweet maybe enough as I should, but that's a very kind thing to say. No, no I mean it's. Uh, it's just. Uh, I like to absorb it from from everywhere I can. Um, you know, be it Twitter and various people that I'm following or um, companies that I'm following on Twitter. Um, talking to um, to studios to distributors directly. Um, the wonderful, um, the wonderful advantage about having the label next to us is that you're able to uh, you're able to keep your ear to the ground with regards to what scripts are being submitted, what we're reading, what we're having conversations with about sales agents. So I do feel slightly like I'm ahead of the game, um, and I'm in a very privileged position to be ahead of the game compared to to uh, programmers from other companies, um, because I get to hear about things first and foremost um, that are happening sort of you know within within the wider film industry, within the production industry, which is quite exciting. As 
as well. So, you know, a combination of all of the usual publications and, uh, you know, sort of screen, etc. But then, yes, I think that the key for me is making sure that we're keeping in touch with what's happening right at the beginning of the chain through our distribution company. And finally, I found out uh, yesterday that you're running two marathons in three weeks. Yes. How do you find the time and the energy? Oh, good question. Good question. Um, a lot of training before work, I think, is is the key. You look remarkably fresh-faced, Claire. And um, uh, th that. thank you for joining me on this first podcast of 2016. It's an exciting time for Curzon and DCM together. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I write this at the top of my notes every month and forget to say it. But you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Just search DCM on the podcast app and then click subscribe. And then you will have... You, the panic will not set in each month of where can I find the DCM podcast because it will be automatically on your podcast app. But thank you for joining me, Claire. You're welcome. And um, I will be back next month with a, another fantastic guest. And thanks for listening. Bye-bye.